Hey, everybody, before we jump into today's episode, we wanted to uh, quickly gush on one of our amazing followers and fans. And we, you guys, we have a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys don't already know this about us, we um we did open up a Patreon account so you could support us if you felt so led. And we wanted to take a second and just celebrate the fool out of our very first Patreon. Claire, you want to introduce her? I do. Casey from California, you made our week last week. Kelly, I was out of town. Kelly texted me, Claire, we have our first patron. And I'm like, what? I had almost forgotten. But anyway, um, Casey, your support means so much. And yes, we're so grateful for the monetary contribution. But truly, as we've said all along, anytime we get feedback, just that anything that we're saying or doing is resonating, it's just really making our day. And so... Casey, welcome to best friend status. You are now best friend of the show. Oh, she's <laughs> no, she's soulmate, girl. So we have three soulmate. levels, you guys. We have podcast pals, we got friends of the show, and we got soulmate. So, Soul- Casey, girl, you are a soulmate. So this episode is for you in your honor. We appreciate you. We love you. We thank you so much. And if you guys want to check out our Patreon page, it's just patreon.com/slash gurus. You can check out ways to support us. If again you feel so led, we're going to start releasing bonus content, and there's some freebies and benefits to each tier. So check that out if you have the chance. We'll throw the link in the show notes, as always. And um, if you wanted to give us a little love that doesn't necessarily have to come from your pockets, we gladly accept uh, support by way of podcast reviews. So drop those reviews wherever you listen. And shares on your social media. It all helps people find us. everybody and welcome to the advice not given podcast each week we share unfiltered truth-telling conversations between two friends you're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for but wish you did we're your hosts kelly artis and claire wood of millspo gurus and this is advice not given Hi, everybody. This is Claire, and we're back for episode 14 of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today, Kelly and I are talking about a topic that has really uh, struck a nerve with some of our Instagram folks, and that is, what are the things that we wish other people that are not affiliated with the military knew about us, like knew about our experience? What do we wish our families and our friends and our civilian counterparts knew? And so we're going to tackle that today. And um, Kelly, what are your thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts on this because this is kind of the world that I live in professionally. We spend a lot of our time um, at my other job, you know, trying to educate real estate professionals and people in the industry that are like with working with relocating military families who aren't necessarily affiliated themselves. And we want to make sure that they're being fully aware and compassionate to and empathetic towards the the military family experience and some of the stressors that we're dealing with um, just around things like relocation. But there's always other threads to pull as far as things that we are preoccupied with Um, and just ways to make it easier to communicate with us um, and just kind of squashing a lot of the stereotypes and the assumptions. Um, So yeah, and not, you know, of course, obviously on top of that, my own personal experience with um, misconceptions and myths and (laughs) rude comments and whatever all else that I've experienced um, with folks that just don't have a touch. And that could be anybody from, you know, 
friends at a college reunion or, you know, friends from high school or acquaintances on Facebook or whatever the case is, we run into these moments a lot of times where we have people in our lives that, um, they're not like, they're not, they're not tracking. They're not not like up to speed on our lives. So, um, I'm not sure who this episode might be for. I would assume that most people listening are going to be like, you know, hey, preach, you know, like having church in their car or in their, in their ear pods while we're talking. Um, hopefully we have some civilian listeners that might walk away with a better understanding, um, of some of the things that we deal with and, uh, kind of like, you know what I want this to be clear is the section in like people magazine or like the, the gossip rags or it's like celebrities. They're just like us. (laughs) We're not aliens. (laughs) We're not, we're not totally strange. We just have unique circumstances that we have to deal with. True. And I think we both also, before we recorded, want to give the disclaimer, like to our own families that we know are listening, like this is not meant to be um, in any way, like an offensive type of, oh, if you only knew our real life, like it's kind <laughs> of like a, not. it's more of just like a hear, hear our hearts and know that like, sometimes there is just a disconnect and we want to help bridge that. Um, right. Just for all of our audience, not just family. So we love you and you of all people probably know more and love us more in spite of all these <laughs> difficulties that, right. we, that we bring. <laughs> um into, you know, all of our family relationships. And so we did want to mention. So I have a four letter word that we're not allowed to say in my family and in my Ooh. extended family. Do you have mm. any guesses? Ooh, mm. let me guess. Is it <laughs> time? Oh, that's a good one. No. Oh, give me, what letter does it start with? It starts with a P. P like Ooh. Paul. Hmm. I'm no. Lost. Sorry. Okay. It's plan. Ooh, yeah. You don't have, you can't plan. From. Yeah. The moment I was planning my wedding mm-hmm. 13 years ago, um, and that kind of hit the fan um, because of deployments and whatnot, I established with, you know, my husband and all of my extended family, like no one will utter the P word in my presence. Yeah. So that included planning for holidays and mm. planning for Thanksgivings. And so I don't know about you guys, but we all do this. Like we used to do this, like, well, it's your, it's, you know, it's my mom's year for Thanksgiving. So Heather could, my sister could go to her in laws for Thanksgiving. And we had this really cool like matrix worked out where it, you know, we everybody alternated in a way that every, all the grandparents got fair time, right? Like right. it's beautiful and picture perfect in theory uh, until, until <laughs> life happens. like yeah. PCS in California or things like that, where it kind of throws off the whole system and, you know, upset the apple cart, whatever. And so that was so, and still is like super stressful for me. And, uh, and I would just rather show up if I'm able. Yeah. So I, yeah, real early on. That's a stressful one for me too. Yeah. Is the planning. Mm -hmm. And I know like it's a high value in my extended family for us to be not just like make a trip home to visit each of our parents, but to time it where we can, Ryan and I can each see our siblings and then our kids Mm -hmm. see their cousins. And so like, that's super high value, but the older we're getting, the older our parents are getting, the older our kids are getting, Mm -hmm. the more life circumstances that everybody brings to it. It's just getting harder and harder to do. And I know like my brother has already texted like, Hey, what dates will you guys be in? Well, I mean, we have block leave from these dates and that's also shifted twice since we've lived here. Exactly. (laughs) I can tell you something, but we shouldn't like put that in ink in our planners Mm -hmm. yet. And I know how frustrating that can be on their end because they're like, well, we just want to see you guys when you come in. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. we want to see you too. But like, 
please, if I knew, I would tell you. And um, right. Yeah. And even my mom has already asked like for next summer, like, so what you think you guys may be able to like join us for a vacation? And I'm like, oh, if only, but next summer is a PCS for us. And this two times ago, we just said, "Uh uh-uh, nope. If it's a PCS summer, there will be no vacations and like, especially trying to coordinate. So it's just a sanity saver that has nothing to do with our families. It's more of like a self-preservation measure for us. It really is. And it, well, and it's financial too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you get into t- talking about big family vacations, we want to pull our weight, you know, and make sure that we're putting down our fair share of the deposit and whatnot. Right. But I cannot, I, I, I want to say the farthest out I've ever planned for a trip is probably like six weeks. Oh, wow. I mean, in summer vacations and stuff, you know, you have to play, you have to plan those like oh, a year in advance. Easily. So, I'm like, so the rule, our kind of like go to rule, I just tell my parents, I'm like, listen, I would love to join y'all and I probably can. But I don't know if he'll be able to make it. Right. <laughs> like, let's just plan on, you know, having us three, you know, the, the me and the kids. And then if he can make it, great. And that sucks. But, I mean, that's probably the only way we can go about doing that. So. Yeah. And that's how we've had to do it, too. I mean, it's just, well, we'll go ahead and plan it. And that's what happened two summers ago. We had planned and paid a deposit. And Ryan's block leave got shifted by a week. And so guess what? <laughs> he didn't get to come. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. did. But yeah, so that's one of the things that I guess maybe more for families than just the populace at large. Like we want to be there and we want to come and we want to give you dates and details, but we rarely know them. So what would be something else besides planning and, um, you know, travel, vacation, that kind of stuff? I know one thing that I experienced, I would say earlier on, and I've been able to have more mature conversations with people about this, like later on in life. So I haven't ex- experienced it as heavily, but I will also say that some of the folks on Instagram, when we asked these questions, so I basically just asked, what do you think is your biggest struggle or challenge with military life? And right. um, several of our followers chimed in anonymously and we just, A, thank you for that. Um, Cause we want to make sure that we're touching on things that are important to you and that you maybe are struggling with or want some affirmation in. <laughs> but um, a lot of that was just how to communicate uh, with, with well-meaning friends and family about things. So a lot of times, and I, I alluded to this the other day on the deployment podcast, I'm the bearer of all of the information um, typically, and I used to feel a lot of pressure and stress around that because people were continually asking me, well, when's he coming back and where is he going and who is he working with and how safe is it? And well, usually it's how dangerous. (laughs) And then, you know, or people are thinking that um, what he's given them some sort of cover story. (laughs) like lean on me for like what's he really what's real doing? what's he really doing over there and I'm like no you guys really <laughs> I think he's just I mean who knows but um but I used to feel a lot of stress around that because I didn't know the answers so right. okay and Enneagram 5 I, that's really hard for me to not know and pretend like I'm no or maybe be self-conscious because I don't know right. and then just continually being like I felt badgered it wasn't people just care and they're curious and and really they wanted to know my mom specifically once she prays very specifically so she's like Kelly I need to know where he is and where he's going and I'm like right. I cannot tell you those things that's actually really bad for me to tell you those things <laughs> like but I I appreciate the sentiment so I think that was one thing that came up was just being able to establish with folks um in your periphery that you're not withholding information from them 
uh, you might either not know or not be at liberty to share certain things. So, and that's yeah. not signifying that they don't qualify, in, you know, in some way to know the things, but it's just, and, and things change. And do they really need to know like all the specifics? No, but the more questions I got, the more stressed out I would get. So I, I would just beg that. people like, as, as soon, you know, as soon as it would start, well, do you know when he's coming home or do you know when this? And I'm like, I, I, please don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> please don't put me in a situation to tell you I don't know because that that is hard. So but it's hard because you don't know, but then it's also hard because it's depressing to not know. Yeah. And it's depressing to yeah. know, like we said in the deployment episode, how the timeline can change. And yeah. Um, well, yeah, they're saying it's this month, but we all know that that's, it or, may or may not be. <laughs> or yeah, we think we're PCSing to this place to, you know, to move and then they, it gets changed and oh my God, you know, I've got people telling, oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm trying to hold it together. And you like digging that in. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's not fun to deal with. So, well, and it makes yeah. me think of too, like, so as another example, not to keep bringing up vacation, but like so many friends who are not military affiliated, they'll say like, well, doesn't he earn vacation days? Like, you mean you can't just <laughs> take, take a vacation? And I'm like, well, it's not exactly how this works. And it's so complicated. Still, yeah. still in any blank there. We do not get the say. We don't get to pick where we right. live. We don't get to pick when we have time off. Um, we don't even get to pick if we have like holidays off and observed. And mm -hmm. I know to a lot of people that's like, wow, like <laughs> you really have no say so in your life. And I want to be like, yeah, we really don't. <laughs> and um, yeah. so sometimes that can be difficult because the the general idea is, well, yeah, you work this job and it's, you know, nine to five thing and you come home and it's done and um, go back the next day and you earn your four weeks of vacation or two weeks of vacation and your time is your own. And that is really not the case with us. No, like, no. At all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really not. And it's even more complicated when they're switching jobs, right? So like, right. usually when you PCS and not, it doesn't even have to be with a PCS, it could be at the same duty station. Um, they're changing jobs. And there's always this like institutional pressure right. to step in early, you know, get oh, as much yeah. time with the predecessor as you can. The predecessor is trying to do the exact same thing at his new job. So he's leaving early too. And then all of a sudden the timeline, instead of being like mid July is bumped all the way into May. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> You're like, what just happened? Like you get no summer, you get no leave and you know, no family <laughs> time to like regroup before the next None. thing. <laughs> it's insane. I get it. I think it's stupid, but I don't know. I don't know where the fix is there because it keeps right. backing up. Like everyone has a little hand in this like kink, you know, and trying to, trying to show up and do the right thing and, and do best at work always gets in the way. So mm, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. I think one that I kind of had thought through was when we do come home and we do get to visit, I said that we bring a lot of literal and figurative baggage with us. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I want to talk first mm -hmm. about the literal baggage. I just know that like, as our kids are getting bigger, um, we, or I, at least as hospitable and welcoming and lovely as my mom makes her home. And as my mother-in-law makes her home, I feel like we are getting too big to fit in their houses with all of our stuff <laughs> and our dogs and our suitcases and our gifts. And they would yeah, die. And be like, no, <laughs> no, you can't, you can't not stay here and you can't not come. But like they're, when we come, I just feel like, not that we're imposing, but just Mm -hmm. And like, it's a lot to feed my three kids who are now like teenagers and yeah. adult size meals or 
feeling like, well, you guys don't have to entertain us. Like we just want to see you. And I don't know. So there's that, what I call literal baggage. And then for me, a lot of times there's figurative baggage that I bring home. I haven't seen you guys in four months or six months. And it's like all the things, all the feelings, all the missed Mm. opportunities. It's like, boom, here it is. And um, thankfully, I have really great relationships with my family, my siblings, my in-laws, my Ryan's siblings. Like, it's easy to be with them, but still, it just feels like they don't really know our life from the last Mm. however long since the last visit. And just a lot to, hey, we're here. Like, is everything okay? Well, you really want to, really want me to answer that? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Um, I don't know, Kelly, do you feel like in your day-to-day life, you have just a ton of people that you like, I don't know, it just feels like you can't complain to other military friends because they're in the same boat you're in. And so I need somebody to just be like, okay, I feel sorry for you. And then I'm like, okay, I'm I'm over it now. Do you feel like you have that? So what I'm here... What I'm hearing in what you're saying and what's resonating for me, and it's not the question you're asking, but what I'm hearing is I want I'm agreeing with you and like I don't feel like people understand me. Um, but I also just finished saying, like, don't ask me questions. <laughs> so I'm like I'm literally hearing the hypocrisy in my own uh feelings about all of this. Um okay, so I hmm. hmm. I guess I feel like there's just a lot. Yeah. It's like we go, there's no middle small talk. Right. But we, yeah. So there's, so there's the people, you know, that I'm surrounded with on a daily basis who are inundated and and entrenched in the military community. And yes, you're a hundred percent right. Dealing with much more difficult things than I am. And I, um, would rather hold space for them than, you know, whatever. I do have people that I confide in and that we're, but we're also, again, we're dealing with similar stuff, right? Like we're kind of like, we have different kinds of heavy, but it's all heavy. Um, one of my, my, one of my neighbors that I am dying to spend time with, but, um, she's writing a book or she's written a book and she does workshops called her ruck. And it's, um, based around the idea that we're all carrying a rucksack and the bricks have significance that we're putting in our rucksacks and they're all oh, like, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can get her on. She's amazing. Her yeah. name's Rochelle, Rochelle Futch. She's um mental health professional and veteran and military spouse. She's pretty cool. But um, anyway, I think about that. So we, you're talking about baggage and I'm seeing you walking in and putting your rucksack, <laughs> your, mm-hmm. your, your spouse rucksack down. Um, but how do you pull those bricks out? without really opening up. And you also, you don't want to concern your family either. Like I think a lot of things that we could theoretically talk about with them is probably alarming um, for people that aren't savvy, right? With, or, Mm -hmm. you know, have experience uh, with some of this stuff. So there's this really weird line and plus you're only there for four days. What are you really going to get into? (laughs) You know, like, um, yeah. Well, and that's kind of like I was telling you before too about how I – we were 34 when we got in, and so we lived a lot of life in our hometown, around our families, and through social media, I feel like, and just relationships with my family, I feel like I am keeping up on their end about what goes on, who mm-hmm. my parents hang out with, their church friends, their events, they're, they're this, they're that, they're, they're the other, but they don't really have that insight because they don't know all of my friends, they don't know all of my activities, and it's not to say that like, oh, it's got to be more fair and even they need to know. But like, 
it kind of is like a pointless thing to try to explain to them who everyone is and how it all fits together. <laughs> and But then it, it, I guess it just comes a point you feel like you know everything about what their life is like. And there's a little part of you that's like, well, I, I want to be known and seen mm-hmm. and heard. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I just think that's kind of a, a weird a weird place. Same thing for like friends from high school that I see usually mm-hmm. when I go back. It's I find that we sometimes are talking about the past because we don't share a whole lot of the present. Because that's know? all you share. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. So you're the one that stepped out and created new experiences and new memories and new a new life. But they um, did too. And- they they did too. Uh, I don't I don't ever want to yeah, say that they, so. did, yeah. they didn't leave town to do it. I guess like we right. did. Yeah. It's something that you know and you left. Right. right. So you have a frame of reference for it. Um, but who would know right. our life, right? Unless you're living it. And like, you know, there's a, there's a reason not many people opt to do this. Like it's not, and, and you know, and you guys, I want to go back to, we're not looking for like pity. No, <laughs> we're not trying we're to, we're not trying to wallow, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing our thing. But um, I do think it's difficult for people to understand. I think there's a, a genuine curiosity and a genuine desire to understand and especially this will you know this episode comes out the day after veterans day so we've just been kind of inundated with you know all of the appreciation and this is kind of the month for military specifically for veterans who have served and then you know i think some of that bleeds over into those of us who help support the, the veteran um via the families but i think there's definitely a desire there and it's just it's it's kind of hard and I see it too like even in like digital marketing and social media because you know that's what I do for work people use Veterans Day as the opportunity to thank you for your service and you yeah. know do the parades and everything which are lovely and amazing and really for the older generations oh my gosh Claire did you so we did um this is a tangent but I have to share so I we went to a parade um the other day and a lot of times I am not the most like I'm not into like over the top patriotic stuff with the propaganda almost. Right. Like I get it. You know, people love being patriotic and, and I don't know, I guess, cause we live it. It's not as, I don't, I don't need the seasonal opportunity to do so. Right. It, yeah. I don't know how that's going to come out, but take it how you want people. Um, anyway, so we got <laughs> this parade and it was very, Oh my God. It was like, over the top it was amazing and people loved it but what I really loved is that the older generations of veterans were there and they literally like I've been to some parades where they have like a clump of Vietnam vets that walk down the road or a clump of this whatever and you know most of the older vets are just represented by a float or something right like they're not actually like participating they're in the crowd wearing their little hats and stuff or whatnot this parade had like literally one little World War II vet in a sweet little Camaro with his name and his, like where he served and what battles he was in. Like they had dozens of these guys and ladies. There were a couple of like really old women that were like nurses and whatnot. I was like, this is incredible. And the announcer like spoke every single one of them's names and like, I just thought it was so great. And I'm like, this is, this is important. Like this is special. And then, and then, you know, there were the Vietnam vets that came through and like everyone stood for the entire time they rolled through because they were denied so much of that. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I got to tell my kids about it. Like, you know, my daughter, why are we standing for this section? I was like, okay, here's the deal. And uh, so, yeah. So, okay. All that to say, 
there are definitely like moments and there are patriotic holidays where the whole country goes bonkers over the military and like loves to, you know, show their patriotism and whatnot. And a lot of times we get kind of numb to that because it's only these moments like punctuated in time where people seem to care um, or where people are kind of tuned in and, and these aren't like personal connect. I'm talking on a broad level. This is like the country. Um, And it seems to me like the population in general, like cares at moments when it's behooves them. Right. So if you're a store and you want to have a sale, you know, Oh, that's a good day for a sale. Let's let military folks have a, yeah, whatever. But well, and I guess I've just gotten so skeptical of some of that too, because I'm always yeah. like, oh, they say they're a military friendly company. They're just actually preying on military because <laughs> they know that we have a steady paycheck mm-hmm. or they know that, you know, we're going to stay in the area for a little while. And I think too, yep. like talking about holidays, it's like, yeah, it's, it's good sometimes for when it feels convenient, but like, can we please like get the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day straight? <gasps> and like, can we please yeah. just... Um, you know, like my, my husband is some people's token veteran that they can post a picture of (laughs) once a year. And I don't know. I just remember back when Ryan was deployed on that Memorial day, like, of course we were Mm -hmm. away missing family Mm -hmm. and like my family back home, they get together for every single holiday. So of course they're having a cookout. And I weeks before had walked through the death of a friend's husband mm-hmm. downrange. And that was a very real Memorial day for us. We did the, the wear blue run, um, mm-hmm. had literally just been taking meals to her. Like she's still thick in her grief of now being a gold star wife. And it just hit me all of a sudden, like it's nobody's fault back home that they want to grill out. But I'm like, this holiday is so much more than that. And like, nobody mm-hmm. understands this. It was like coming from a real place of like anger and frustration yeah. because yeah. yeah, I just think sometimes we see those, like you said, as token holidays is like, Oh, this is the day we're going to like hip hip hooray for the people who, um, you know, served our country. And there's still very little understanding of what that actually means on like right. a day to day basis. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the worst. That's one of the worst misconceptions out there is that, you know, people don't have a tie and haven't a lot of people don't have the connection yeah. that you and I have, you know, when they haven't been to the memorial services or seen, you know, families grieving yeah. and whatnot. So they, you know, and you know. But do you think there's something like the time we're living in too because like back in previous generations and world wars and even Vietnam like lack of social media, lack of all of that, more people either by choice or by being drafted, we're serving. Now it's such a tiny percent of our population. We've been in this war for 18 years. The, we've gotten numb to it, like as a country, like I don't want to get so super political on this, but I do think there's a difference. It feels like. No, it totally is. Cause we, because we have an all volunteer force and really most of the, I don't know, the percentages we'll have to fact check this, check this later. Um, a lot of the folks that are serving have a legacy of service. So the same families are um, continually contributing to um, the defense of this nation when a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't have to, and Mm -hmm. they're, they're fine to say, thank you for your service. And that's their get out of jail free card. Like that's their, you know, yeah. We there are some really interesting conversations happening um, about reinstating the draft or doing um, a mandatory year of service. Uh, also, including women in the draft or in the mm-hmm. what is it called the selective selective service. 
Yeah, where you sign up like at 18, like now yeah. instead of just being boys only, also including women, which I mean, imagine that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but the point is, and I actually really, I personally really agree with this because a lot of people, here's the deal. If you don't have any connection to the military, you're not paying attention to to the way the defense budget is being spent, right? You're also not paying attention to the elected officials that you're putting in place to then manage the defense budget. If you have a child, a son or a daughter or a spouse or a brother or an uncle or whatever serving in the military, you might pay a little more attention to what these candidates that people are voting for, what their actual platforms are when it comes to defense uh, spending and defense decisions. So having like almost forcing people to have more of a touch point yeah. um, beyond watching homecoming videos on YouTube <laughs> or, or the token, you know? the token um, baseball game where the catchers really yeah. bad coming home from the deployment. Army wives. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever TV show. Um, it would, that would be important and significant. I think it would go a long way for all kinds of avenues. You know, if you employ people like now bringing back the conversation about military spouse employment, you know, all of these things start to become real, real. And they're, they're, then there are humans beyond and behind the the problems and the topics so um yeah i don't think that's a bad thing so i yeah oh that was a rabbit trail yeah. <laughs> easy <laughs> there <laughs> easy easy well i'll circle back to you just mentioned army wives and thank the lord that that show is no longer on tv but i would say like that show is like super stereotypical it's not typical totally. it is just yeah. a, a bunch of stereotypes and so yeah don't judge us by cheesy TV shows and movies. <laughs> also, what we want you to know, that is not real. That's not how it really is. In fact, I started watching that when Ryan first got in the Army. I watched oh like three episodes. I was like, oh, no, I cannot even. I can't. I cannot. I just, I won't. So I have to tell you that I watched it because they filmed it in Charleston. Yeah. So I was kind of into it. And this was early. And I just remember like early in Andrew's career. And I just remember thinking like, I mean, I don't hang out with the Colonel's wife at the dive bar. Like, what is this about? Yeah. Like, I'm confused. Um, Maybe this isn't real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, that's that poor show. I mean, listen, yeah. it got a lot of people paying attention to the fact that there are still people in the military and they still have families. So maybe there's, there's good there, but you know, Hollywood's just as, just as guilty as like the TV world. I mean, they, right. Ooh, they very much, rarely much get like it right. a show about, you know, something medical, a doctor would say that's mm-hmm. not really it. Or a show about teachers would say that's not really how teachers are like, whatever, fill in the blank. So we just want to, what do you, what do you think up. some of the stereotypes are that come from Hollywood portrayals? Oh, Kelly, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got the whole Dependa thing, right? Yeah. Like just yeah. the the freeloading moocher doesn't have anything better to do besides just cause trouble and um, like a lot of infidelity to spouses, a lot of mm. um, gossiping and busybody acting. So I think those are stereotypes. But you know, I actually didn't even know that the Dependa thing was a thing until yeah. like two years ago I had no idea like yeah. I didn't even know the stereotype existed and that yeah. tells you like I don't know if I'm like out of the community like I'm I'm in a different kind of silo from that but I, just, I had no idea and then yeah. I started like 
I went down this crazy rabbit hole of like looking up some of those hate because there are like bully groups and hate groups all over Facebook where people right. make fun of like they'll go and take pictures of people kind of like people of Walmart, but they'll take p- pictures right. of women in the commissary and like make yeah. fun of them and make fun of kids. It's like really gross. It's awful, awful, awful. But yeah, apparently the stereotype is that women are marrying service members because they wanted health care and like okay so that is a stereotype but i will tell you ryan i probably shouldn't and can't say this but he did have to counsel a soldier when he our very first assignment and that had happened he had just totally been like taken by a woman that was considerably older who had a less than um reputable career i'll just say that and she was needing her gallbladder (laughs) out and so she married him to get her surgery it was a thing, but that's like super <laughs> isolated. That's not. Oh my God. That's crazy. I mean, it okay, is. listen, I'm sure it like, there's a reason the stereotype exists. I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think that the, the thing that always shocks me, I even just yesterday I was looking, I was at a, I was on Facebook scrolling through and uh, the military spouse employment stats mm-hmm. where somebody posted like how underemployed we are. And like the very first comment was some hater. And he was like, well, I mean, you're talking like they actually want to work because in my experience, they don't want to work. It's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. That's that's insane. I'm sure there are people out there. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's a big military. You know, there's there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of everything, I am sure. But um, I just want to say that, yes, I agree. I can even get on Facebook, local Facebook groups, and you do see some of the but that's social media in general, right? The worst of the yeah, worst. There's totally. a lot of negativity. It seems like the people who are the maddest or the most um, unhappy tend to have the biggest microphones. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. can also say to the opposite of that, mm-hmm. everywhere we've been, we have been surrounded by some of the finest, most awesome, most serving, most giving, most intelligent, just you fill in the blank, wonderful people that we would have not met otherwise. And it's been our joy to serve alongside all these people, but particularly those who they're not just in this because it's a thing or because it's like, this is their life. Like we've all committed our lives to this service. And um, there's really no higher honor than to serve alongside other people who feel that way about what they're doing. Um, And not just the service member, the family, the spouse, the kids, everybody. Um, So make that plug. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I, you know, and I think a lot of the, the amazing service organizations, be they, you know, veteran or service member, or even the spouse kind of centric organizations are ran by and started by and fueled by exactly who you're talking about, by Mm -hmm. the military families, by the community, by the veterans who saw a need and are giving back. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, there's tons of work to be done in the space. There's tons of support. I feel like we all kind of cycle through our own people and resources a bit yeah. too much because um, mm-hmm. we just kind of, we just kind of keep to our own and give back and, and keep it all in the family, so to speak. Um, yeah. I don't think that it's like impossible for civilians to jump in to that pool and help, uh, but I could definitely see that being intimidating if I didn't have a military affiliation trying to jump in to some of the, you know, efforts around supporting military. I don't know. I, yeah. it. Yeah. It's almost like speaking a different language, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. you got to get over the initial intimidation of it and like, you know, just show your heart 
and show that you yeah. care and you're in it for the right reason and you'll be embraced and included. It just, you know, it takes yeah. a minute. They want to, they want to sniff you out and make sure you're there for the right reasons. Exactly. <laughs> like the bachelor, right? They're for the right reasons. <laughs> or, or, oh, okay. I was like, where's this going to go? <laughs> so do we have anything other like quick little, I wish they knew this. I wish people knew that. What can you think of any um, other ones? Yeah. Okay. Actually. Yeah. No, I have a couple. So, um, I wish that, uh, I have been telling people lately, you know, where's Andrew? Oh, he's deployed. And he was kind of getting in touch with people before he left just to let them know, like, I don't know. He does this every time. Like, Hey, I'm heading out of, you know, out of the country for a little while. What? We're still deploying. Yeah, we are. We still have people overseas. Like, what are you talking? Or like, they think that he's far enough in his career that he doesn't have to anymore or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, so that, Again, and that's another one of those things where the reaction is off-putting, right? So right. the fact that they have that reaction now, instead of us being able to have like a real moment of like, oh, is there anything I can do to help? Or, you know, like having a connection with me, now it's them showing their uh, ignorance and me having to be like, great. Now I have to explain like Middle East politics to you. <laughs> I just want you to like love on me for a second. So um, yeah, there's that. That's a big one. Um, another one that I see a lot, um, especially the more that I branch out and we're talking to like civilian companies and organizations and, you know, folks in the corporate world, just in America in general, yeah. um, when we talk to them about military family issues and challenges and things, um, and even just the relocation process, they're all they immediately think I have to immediately like right up front establish the fact that we don't live on base. Yeah. Like 70% of us do not don't. live on the installation, but the perception and the stereotype is that we all live in the gate and we all shop at our little grocery store, our commissary, and we all, and go Kelly, to we all get our good free healthcare. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> free. Don't get me started. Um, so, <laughs> But that we that we just all stay in our little thing, our little gate, and we don't come out and we don't mingle. And if we do, it's only for bad stuff. You know, it's just the young soldiers right. being reckless. But the reality is, is we we are desperate to integrate with civilian communities. We True. adore it. We love it. We want to get in. We want to serve. We want to help. We want to, um, you know, get our kids integrated. We want to go to local schools. We want to feed local communities and start businesses. I mean, you name it. This is what we're dying to do. But when we're like when the immediate immediate assumption is, well, y'all just live over there and we live over here. That's um, never a good thing. So in a third thing um, that I just wanted to share and I think comes up a lot for me in conversations with people and the public, I guess, in general, is that we don't people hear a lot of times of us, you know, talking about what we struggle with and what our challenges are. But we're not saying these things because we want charity or we want a handout. We literally just want some of the obstacles removed out of our way. There are a ton of unnecessary obstacles that we face and have to deal with and jump over and hurdles. And we're, we're pretty good at it, but it's exhausting and it doesn't have to be. So um, a lot of times there could be maybe just special exemptions or um, easier pathways for military spouses to accomplish the things that they want to accomplish and uh, live their best life, so to speak. Yeah. And it's, it's not necessarily dependent on, you know, a ton of charity or, you know, free baby shower stuff. Or, I mean, those things are all nice, you know, but it's not right. necessarily, that's, that's not the answer, right? That's a, that's a nice thing. Those are nice things to do. Um, 
but let's get real and let's talk about actual real things that you could do to pave the way to make things um, a little less hard and daunting for us uh, when it comes to things like employment and childcare and um, ugh, mental health. I mean, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are tons of hurdles that we have to to jump through unnecessarily. I think. Yeah, that's a great that's a great one. I think my final thing would just and maybe this is a little more personalized than it is um, broad. But I would just like to say that as much as we miss being at home for, you know, all the things that we miss. And when I say at home, I mean, back Mm -hmm. with extended family, um, sometimes it kills us to be apart or, you know, to be away and not a part of all of that. But for us, this isn't just like a phase we're going through. (laughs) This is our Mm -hmm. life. And, um, we miss out on a lot and, um, but again, we don't want pity for that. We we just want you to know, like, yes, we do love you and we wish we could be there more than we are. But this is kind of where we are and what we're doing. And um, we're trying to make the best of it. So, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so true. Yep. So to circle back, like we always do, we want to go back to episode 13. You're going to get on to me and Kelly for this because neither of us followed our advice (laughs) in a way, in a way. We didn't follow it explicitly, but we did make some progress. So we'll give that a report card and then finish up with today's advice. So Kelly, you had said (laughs) in the last episode, you were going to take the strengths finders test. Can you report back on that? I did say that and I did not take it. I will. I, I just haven't. I just haven't gotten to it. And for some reason, I've got it like as this really intimidating thing that I want to spend a ton of time on, and just kept putting it off. But I will say, a friend of mine was asking me about some other personality thing that she had to do for like a new job, and it was a system that I wasn't familiar with. And then we got to talking about another system. You know, this, yeah. my, y'all, my text threads are so geeky, but. Um, we both were comparing our big five test results. So there's, um, it's called the ocean. Um, and it is actually like the one that is the most scientifically recognized as far as personality study goes. Um, but it is, you basically take this quiz. I took a free one, so it's probably not the best, but, um, it scores you on five traits and the traits are openness, agreeableness, conscientiousness, extroversion, and neuroticism. Come again? So, what was that last one? Kind of like you said, eroticism. Oh, no. no neuroticism. Neuroticism. Okay, good. That's another quiz for another day. Um, so my... Um, What's funny is I got, you know, just from looking at the words, I would have assumed that I would have been stronger in other things, but, um, and I don't know enough about this to really get into it. So I won't try to pretend like I do. Uh, but my openness score was the highest at 83%. And then my next highest was the neuroticism with an N. (laughs) So neurotic at, um, 52%. And then the rest was pretty balanced around 40, 48 Uh, percent but openness apparently describes a person's tendency to think in abstract complex ways high scores tend to be creative adventurous and intellectual they enjoy playing with ideas and discovering novel experiences that sounds just Um, like you and i would say just hearing the word openness i'd be like oh no that's a castle she's a five but i know right when you read that that definitely sounds yeah so i struggled with some of them (laughs) i said a high neurotic probably because I'm stressed out at present when I told her. 
true. That may be, but I, did, I really didn't understand. And she gave me her scores. And I was like, wait, you're agreeable? Like her highest was agreeableness. And I'm thinking like she loves a good argument. I mean, she's not like, you know, a jerk, but right. she loves to just throw the, you know, be the devil's advocate almost always. Uh, but that's not at all what it means. So I really enjoyed looking into that and seeing what the different like traits and qualities were of that. Um, it's probably something I'll spend more time on in the future, but, um, yeah. And like neuroticism, vulnerability counts in there, um, in moderation, self-consciousness, things like that. So and anxiety, and I'm just reading, oh, openness being the five, but then the, you know, excitement for new experiences and things like that. That's my seven, you know, arrow. Yeah. And then with neuroticism, that could be the six wing, you know, like I was like, oh, that's cool. You can kind of tie all these strings. Um, I like. There's also the question as to whether or not I took the test with a bias because of my Enneagram type. But that's for another day, right? You always (laughs) have bias with your five. I know, I know. So anyway, um, yeah, what was your advice? How'd you do? Oh, so I didn't do so great either, but I feel like I have like a justification for it. So I said that I was going to go back in and dig up my LinkedIn profile. And first of all, I did log into it. My pictures from like four years ago, my hair was dark brown. It's blonde now. So that was like a huge thing. And then I'm like, but I need to get a professional headshot. And who am I going to, who am I going to get to do it? And so it was like, I just got stuck with that. But here's where I justify it. We have heard whispers and hints Mm -hmm. in penciling in of our next assignment. Mm -hmm. And I can say that I did go ahead and look up, which is what I always do, like what colleges are in the area. Um, There's definitely a college there. There's definitely a pool of um, adjunct English positions that they keep kind of open. And so I think that, I don't know, maybe I'll apply for it, at least apply for it. I don't know if I'll pursue it. But um, so I kind of just got excited and thought, well, it's a little early to do anything official with that yet. But my goal is like, for the next six months to do one big thing to get like a curriculum vita back up and mm-hmm. polished up and make contact and all yep. those things. So like I didn't exactly follow my advice, but like it's on my radar still. No, you're caught. No, you're making steps. So also I would say, and you know this, but um, go ahead and start getting plugged in and connected to people there. Right. Whether or not you head there, who cares, right? Like you can yeah. just go ahead, join the groups. There's LinkedIn groups now. There's professional networks all over the place. Um, of people that can maybe start like putting their ears to the ground for you. Yeah. Um, just throw yourself out there. These are my strengths. This is what I'm into. You know, if you guys hear of anybody that's yeah. looking, this is a great time to be doing that. Do you um, know what I actually thought about doing and just being like, who cares if it backfires on me? Because what do I have to lose? I thought, mm-hmm. how funny would this be? You know, in our last episode, we talked about generalists and specialists and we talked about how we need to be a corkscrew. Yeah, I thought I might go in and Canva and get a picture of an open corkscrew <laughs> and out beside each thing list my skills and just oh, send I that in. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't get the job. They'd be like, uh, more like screwed up in the head. But I just <laughs> thought, how like, fun I mean, would that be? I could do out beside each thing like communicator, creative, you know. Well, if nothing else, it'd be a good exercise for you, yeah, you know, just to like start to qualify what your skills are. Well, so, and another thing too, that I would recommend also is while you're, while you're doing your LinkedIn profile and like, you know, judging everything up, go ahead and look into like ways that you can incorporate into your headline, you know, prof- edu- edu- professional educator seeking a new career in blank, right? Like right there, mm. right under your, under your photo, like what it is that you're looking for. Um, so that, you know, the recruiters can start 
that doesn't sound Sniffing desperate. Around. I mean, I'm not that no, kind of LinkedIn. My God. That feels Listen, real like. No, 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 no. Listen, because you're not working somewhere now. So you're not like, True. you know. If you were, that would probably not be ideal. Um, you can also, there's a button in there somewhere, like a selection on your profile that you can say you are job seeking and it will flag you and start pulling you up for like recruiters and um, mm. people that are searching LinkedIn in that way. You'll start to yeah. populate in different searches. Um, yeah. I have a friend who's been contacted by um, a hiring manager out of the blue because of yeah. that. Like, well, I can also say, and I don't want to give out any hints, but I can tell you that there are also a lot of other big industries and new business in this area. And Yay. I don't I want to pigeonhole myself as just a teacher at a okay. college because then don't. Yeah. I mean, figure out your corkscrew and be like, this is what I'm amazing at. Y'all come get me. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Exactly. Yay! So, that's so fun. Yeah. So that's our check-in from last episode. But for today's episode 14, as we close this out, we just want to leave each other with you some advice on what we wish people knew and maybe kind of like the action step. So do you have any that comes to mind? Or you want me to go so, first? So really it's advice that I've already kind of enacted, but I'll go ahead and reiterate it um, just because I think I will need constant reminders, especially uh, going through a deployment right now. But um being really conscious of boundaries, but then learning how to communicate those boundaries in a way that don't hurt feelings. That's um, great. Right. So, you know, yes, I know. So, and you know, I love Heather. I love you. If you're listening, um, my sister, you know, called and was like, Hey, you know, right after he left and she literally gave me something to do every weekend this November, you know, like come down and, and we're not that far away. We feasibly could come down every single weekend. Um, and she's, she's literally trying to just reach out and make sure we're not, you know, lonely and we have things to keep us occupied and the kids really want to hang out. And, um, but I'm like, I, I, I can't handle three trips. Right. Also, yeah, we have to figure out what our rhythm is here too. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't just part. abandon my community and my networks here. Um, and 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 sometimes that happens. So, um, you know, I I had to be really. I didn't want to hurt her feelings and say like no, flat no, you know, whatever. But I just wanted to be like, well, listen, I'm still trying to figure out what I am capable of doing. So I don't want to commit to all these things. But I did say like. There's no, there's no saying that Thursday night doesn't roll around and I'm like, screw it. I'm going to Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so as long as you guys stay open to that and let me just kind of not plan again, I don't want to plan, but if I get a wild hair and want to pack up and go, welcome you me guys will still arms. let me come in. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I don't that, know. Was, that was me. I don't know your sister, but Heather, I'm giving you a gold star, an A plus, <laughs> and a check mark because at least you are making the effort and you're asking yeah. and inviting and showing up and telling Kelly yep. that you care. So I think yep. that that's, I think that's awesome. So good job, yep. sister. Yep. Yep. So totally. my, my advice in this is I say all the time about how we miss out on being back home and how I can't wait for the holidays and I can't wait for trips. And what I'm going to do is I am going to put my money where my mouth is. And when we go in this time, I am not going to feel stressed out about being there. I'm not going to feel like we're in the way. I'm just going to enjoy mm -hmm. my family, my extended family, my friends. I'm going to like really be in the moment and let all of the expectations and baggage that I tend to carry with me. Just I'm going to leave it at home. I'm going to leave it back here leave it at in home. Louisiana. Yeah. And I'm going to go with like an open mind and like just with a gratitude that we even get to be there. So Aww. I think that's what I'm going to do. 
So I had a friend once tell me, and I, I complained to her once, like, oh, you know, my family wants me to come down for every single holiday. And sometimes I want to just be here in my house, right? Like just mm-hmm. on my own, create my own things. And she was like, yeah, but how often are you ever going to live near them? You know, and that stuck with me because she had lived farther mm-hmm. away and she had been in situations where she couldn't go home and wanted desperately to go home. So she yeah. was like, I wouldn't take it for granted for you. Yeah. Like, you know, like take the take the opportunity while you have it to go yeah. home and, you know, do whatever makes you happy at the end of the day. But I understand that you won't necessarily always have the opportunity to do that. So I love that. Yeah. Just figuring out, you know, what that looks like for you yeah. in the most healthy way. So just leave that. Leave those bricks at home, girl. Yeah. And I have a friend here who has on that same vein given me some good advice or advice that was given to her. And she was referring back to, well, we were talking about how a lot of times, you know, we spend a lot of money to like be at places and travel back home. Yeah. And like, I yeah. could have a nice, you know, house full of nice furniture, but all that money gets spent on trips back, <laughs> you know, flight yeah. tickets or driving back. And her, her advice that was given to her was, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. And in her case, she was going back to visit her dad at his, you know, nearing the end of his life. And she was just like, you know what? That's right. You can make more money, right. but you can't, you can't get that time back. So I just want to be more mindful of that time. Enjoy oh. it. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.